Hi, welcome to Make Music Happen, a podcast brought to you by the Songbirds Guitar and Pop Culture Museum. I'm one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Charlie. In this 30-minute show, we'll be talking about things like the intersection of music and topics like race, gender, and religion. We'll be introducing you to new artists. We'll even be doing some pieces on Chattanooga's rich music legacy. Right, Charlie? That's, that's, that's right. Lofty goals. But we don't have to get to all of them today. That's right. Today we'll be talking to singer-songwriter Amanda Shires. Go for it. I, I like the spot. Put me on the spot. You can just call this interview an interview that's, that's <laughs> hard to understand with Amanda Shires. That's why I'm a songwriter, though. <laughs> She'll be playing here at Songbirds on September 24th. Hell yes. I love Amanda. Besides being an awesome vocalist, she's also uh, a poet and a multi-instrumentalist, right? Yep, that's right. But Amanda's probably best known for playing the fiddle, but she also plays tenor guitar, and she has like eight albums under her belt, including her most recent, uh, Take It Like a Man, which was released earlier this year. Hold your horses there, Charlie. Before we jump into the album, Reed Caldwell is back and he's going to give us an update about what's going on at Songbirds. Hey, Reed. What's up? Well, the Foundation's proud to announce our formal partnership with Gibson and Epiphone Guitars. They're going to be providing our Guitars for Kids guitars from now on. That's awesome. How many are you getting? Um, we're going to be getting about a thousand guitars for them over the next year. Um, and we'll be launching new Guitars for Kids programs across the South. Oh, so not just in Chattanooga. What locations will you be adding? Mississippi, Alabama, and possibly in Kansas. We'll also be expanding our Guitars for Kids program here in Chattanooga and the surrounding area um, and all across Tennessee. So Exciting. We're really excited about that program, and we're, we're look, shooting for numbers about 4,500 kids to go through that program this year alone. Nice. If I'm a teacher and I want to be part of the Songbirds program, how could I do that? You can contact us at info at songbirdsfoundation.org and just kind of give us a little write-up about what your needs are, and we'll try our best to accommodate you. Great. Thanks for stopping in, Reed. That's Charlie. That's John. This is Make Music Happen. Today we're talking about Amanda Shires and namely her new album, Take It Like a Man. We're listening to Stupid Love from that very album right now. I have to say I've been listening to this album for about a week now. And Amanda Shires is a master of her craft. She's a poet. You got your Master's of Fine Arts in Poetry, didn't you, from the University of the South? I did, I did. I don't know how I did it, but I do know that I suffered many an ocular migraine. (laughs) And she wears her heart on her sleeve. Yeah, that, and we talked a lot about that. This album, Take It Like a Man, she, she wrote it, she actually had journals. I had journals going back till from 2018 with material in it, but I wasn't really like looking to write songs, so on occasion I would dabble in poems and 
the you know, you know things that I learned at school back in the day and practice just experiments with words, not really thinking about them musically, but just words and poems and all that kind of thing. And when I decided to write the record, though, and I took all the good stuff out and I put them on index cards and I taped them up with painter's tape to the walls all around me. In that way, I think you can start start to see themes and kind of like look at yourself from the outside in and um, just started getting to the work of writing. And this album was kind of a, a product of that. Yeah, somehow I'm not surprised to hear that because to me, as good as this album is sonically, it also reads very, very well. Immediately, I think of a snippet from the title track, Take It Like a Man. She refers to the octaves of consequence, and that has just really stuck with me. Why don't we listen to that song real quick? sticking with me because that line so elegantly points to how sound or music can bridge the gap between language and emotion. Like, Charlie, I bet you know the octave of consequence as a range of weighty, almost sunken feelings, but it just took me, what, like 30 words to get that out? Because we're talking about feelings and, and music, so it's vague already. <laughs> and this might be a little bit of a journey, but stick with me. Because here's where my mind goes to Paul Simon and his song, The Sound of Silence, which I think is pointing us to the similar idea that words ain't it. I think it, it's natural for m- me as a songwriter, for sure, to um, when I'm having trouble trying to understand my own feelings to take it to an instrument and to, you know, pick it out on the neck, as they say. Sometimes music says more. Sometimes silence says more. Yeah, it's just another way to to paint. But there's a biographical connection here, too, that thrills me, and that's simply that Amanda Shires is a devotee of Leonard Cohen. I know every song backwards and forwards that Leonard Cohen wrote. Not even I'm not even a fan. I'm a follower. And Leonard Cohen, being the poet and lyricist that he was, saw great things in Paul Simon's The Sound of Silence and participated in a tribute album by reading it aloud. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe more. People talking without speaking, people hearing without listening. People writing songs that voices never share. And no one dared disturb the sound of silence. Okay, to recap our journey, Amanda Shires, The Octave of Consequence, Paul Simon, The Sound of Silence, Leonard Cohen loves Paul Simon, Amanda Shires loves Leonard Cohen. Yay, we did it! Hey John, want to listen to my favorite part of this song? I thought you'd never ask.
Damn. It's so beautifully haunting. And speaking of silence, or at least the time needed for self-reflection, she began putting this album together during COVID. I mean, it, the, the journaling had been happening before that, but something she told me was that she had considered quitting music. And she had, she had been thinking about that before COVID. I already was having feelings about that um, before the pandemic. I think the pandemic um, allowed me to get there safe more safely. But then COVID kind of magnified her desire to just kind of like hang it up and not do music anymore, which I thought was it was really surprising. Before the pandemic, I think the pressures that um, I put on myself to maintain some perceived spot in music and be a mom and all this, and at the same time have my own band and Jason's band and the High Women, and that along with several studio experiences in a row and and over the years even, I I was just not in a place where music was. I thought a healthy thing for me. Sounds like she was under a lot of pressure to be a lot of things to a lot of people. I almost want to say that this is a familiar story, but I don't want to take away anything at all from what Amanda went through. But but is this that kind of COVID story where there's a forced break and you can see things a little more clearly? Yeah, I, I was too proud a person before the pandemic to just full on quit. But the per- pandemic kind of lent itself really nicely for me to go out with some kind of you know, quiet <laughs> grace in my mind. But um, my friend Lawrence Rothman talked me back into doing music and, and we took it easy. And, and um, then I eventually arrived back in, back into it. And then I realized that uh, it wasn't music that was you know, causing all these troubles. It was, it was various uh, characters and people in my life. Well, I think the pandemic caused a lot of us. I know it caused me a lot of time to be introspective about the way I live my life and my, my family and my kids, job and all that. And what um, is balance? Yeah, <laughs> yeah balance. Yeah. Exactly. That's what this has me thinking about. Yep. The balance that we all struggle with when it comes to you know family, our personal lives, careers, We all feel like we're kind of being pulled in a million different directions. It's also giving me a new lens for her song, Here He Comes. Let's cue that up. I had been thinking of that song as relational, maybe describing her relationship with Jason Isbell. But now I'm kind of thinking of it in terms of the music industry. So when we were talking, I, the way I described this album to her, like what I thought it was, was this kind of explosion of emotions that she had been going through for the past several years. This record, though, I think 
what it did for me is just whether it is successful or not didn't matter. It just returned me to the place of the spirit of why I do music and kind of taught me how to accept myself more. And I mean, I really, I really just want to do what I do, and I, I don't really want to be told that if you just change this one thing or tweak this one thing, you'll do a better, you know, you'll have a better career because. That's not really what I want. I just want to do do me kind of a lot. I just want to do me a lot. Amanda Shires, that is some king shit. Yeah, what makes it king shit is the rawness and vulnerability of it all. I, I've tried to, to, you know, take it like a man and not show weakness and vulnerability and be stoic, and it just doesn't work for me. It just, um, it, uh, it's harmful and... I think that there's actually more strength in in having your feelings. I think it do a lot of folks some good to to experience having their feelings and being able to talk to one another and it make connecting with people a lot easier and and we'd get more out of our conversations with each other daily and it doesn't really make you weaker at all. I think it's it's stronger and way more difficult and um I guess you just gotta, you know, learn to accept the way your face looks when you sometimes have big feelings <laughs> and hope you don't get made a meme. Big feelings. Yeah, big feelings. It's important to note, like you pointed out, that not all of these songs on this album are about Amanda and Jason. It's not an album of confessionals. The problem the problem with it is is that um, if you write confessional songs, then a lot of times the um, listener wants to say that every song that you ever write and have written before is a confessional song. And I think that that's that's harmful because it also it also puts a person it puts the creative it constricts the creative process in the in the truth which is that we oftentimes tell other people's stories but stay within you know my I me pronouns and all that but I mean there are a few songs that do kind of like let the listener in to like maybe her personal life or maybe some of her insecurities. Yeah, there's d- direct songs that are directly connected to the disconnect in my marriage. But that is just to say, that's not all I am as Amanda Shires. But it's not just her self-reflecting. But it is, it is, it is what you're saying, though. It is the feelings and all that. I just, I just have this fear that um, somehow I'm going to be expected to write songs about my marriage forever. And it's like, come on, there's let's not. Just for all y'all out there, let's not say I have to do that. Let's give me some space, too. And um, while you're enjoying my vulnerability, um, I hope you find strength in that. Uh. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, because that, that also that would get kind of boring about just writing on particular topic. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a topic so under discussed, you know, people, it, it feels uncomfortable and nobody really does it because there's like a feeling of if you try to talk about 
problems in your marriage. It might be like, I don't know, manifesting something bad or something when really all you need is like a person to like, to be like, that happens on occasion, you know, just some kind of uh, uh, another ear, or another heart or another person that you can trust that can be like, I've been there. It's not necessarily this like autobiographical al album, but there are snippets or windows into Amanda Shire's life. I'm thinking of fault lines here. Time was all I'd want You can keep the car in the house We both know that none of that was keeping Keeping me anyhow I cried, I asked, and I bawled Curled up on the floor with it all All the time, the want, the overwhelming Volume of breathing As she said in her interview, the sad songs aren't what make Amanda Shires. It's the sum of all the parts that really make Amanda. There's nothing left to fix. You could say I lost my grip. Say whatever feels better, whatever. You can just say I'm crazy. While we were talking over Zoom, I wanted to ask Amanda about this interview she had on CBS Mornings. It's actually a fantastic interview. You should check it out. Uh, there's a YouTube clip, I think she posted on her Instagram as well, but um, where she was recalling a memory of being confronted by a, another, a male in the music industry and kind of questioning her talent, I guess, or her, her place in the industry. And she, she started to get a little choked up during the interview. I mean, I really tried in that interview to excuse myself and come back composed. Honestly, I thought that was really refreshing. Celebrities don't usually let you in that way emotionally. But the subject matter was about me admitting the fact that I was at one time done, like I gave up the joy and the passion and my life's happiness and identity that I had been, you know, following and being, I was a musician since I was professionally, since I was 15. And I was throwing it, not throwing it away, but I was like, I mean, now it's easier because now I understand more, but at the time I was just on self-preservation mode, I guess. And just like, this is like breaking my heart and I don't want to do it anymore. And so that's why I got emotional and I still do. I can't help it because it's sad to, to, go, to be in that place. Not many things make me cry, but that does. <laughs> the breaking her heart part is Amanda referring to both the situation with the male producer in the studio and her continuing on with music, right? Right, I, I think so. I felt like I'd been doing this, and then you can't really talk about these sorts of things because it still is a little uneven, and your, you know, representation on like country music radio when I started the High Women was thirteen percent, and it's only on good days sixteen percent right now, and 
there's this like unspoken thing where you're supposed to be grateful for whatever place you have and you know put up with all the people telling you what you're doing is wrong or right or whatever they think rather than be encouraged to uh, speak up and own your own space as an artist and and sometimes it's it's easier to be steered in directions that you don't want to go in just just because of the limited space can you imagine telling Amanda Shires to go in a creative direction that wasn't uniquely her own? Absolutely not. And for that matter, can you imagine not including Amanda Shires on a country music playlist? I don't think so, honey, not playing women or queer artists on country music radio. I Their don't representation think so, has honey. actually been a cause of Amanda Shires for quite some time. Here's Manny Morris of The High Women talking about it in a 2019 interview. It comes from Ellen. Don't tell anyone. Uh, they play me, but when you compare it to some of my male peers, it, it's pretty staggering still. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of the few lucky girls that gets played on country radio. We're just trying to change that. If you want to look more into the issue of representation on country radio, there's a great article published by Vice written by Drew Schwartz in January 2020. Inside Country Radio's Hidden Sexist Policies That Keep Female Artists Off the Air. There's also a show on Netflix called Explained, where they do an episode on gatekeeping in country music. You were looking away towards the tree. this new album that it's helping at all like from all the reviews i've read and things i mean it's nothing but positive reviews and you know you're touring and do you do you feel like maybe you've helped move the needle forward a little bit for women in the in the industry i i don't it that would that that would be hard for me to judge but um i do think that um if i have i i I, am it wasn't without the help of other women and then other, you know, women listeners and, and, and folks. More beautiful King energy. Yeah. Lifting up everybody else around her. But I, I think it kind of all started um, kind of around 2017, you know, when, you, you know, with the Me Too movement and everything, using our voices and speaking up and taking the consequences that would sometimes come with that. And it made a lot of conversations easier to have. If I did help, um, I, I'm... I'm honored that somebody would think that.
I am so glad that she's back to creating music. Yeah, I'm really glad she didn't quit. We're all so much better for it. Hey, Charlie, I didn't tell you this yet, but I have also interviewed Amanda Shires. Oh, really? Yeah, Reed and I got to interview her back in, I want to say like 2019. That was for our other show, The Vault Sessions. It's available on YouTube. Just search for Songbirds. And that interview culminated with her uh, reciting one of Cohen's... uh, I think it was posthumously, posthumously, posthumous. I'm just not going to say that word. (laughs) Posthumously. Yeah, I can. Please try again. Posthumously. 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 Stop it! Published poems. uh, I am Kanye West. Isn't that the title of it? (laughs) Wrong again. The name of the poem is Kanye West is not Picasso. Anyway, here that is. Kanye West is not Picasso. I am Picasso. Kanye West is not Edison. I am Edison. I am Tesla. Jay-Z is not the Dylan of anything. I am the Dylan of anything. I am the Kanye West of Kanye West. The Kanye West of the great bogus shift of bullshit culture. From one boutique to another. I am Tesla. I am his coil. The coil that made electricity soft as a bed. I am the Kanye West Kanye West thinks he is. When he shoves your ass off the stage, I am the Kanye West. I don't get around much anymore, I never have. I only come alive after a war and we have not had it yet. you for um thank you again for for talking with me um thank you for talking to me and thank you for the uh good questions and the um the lack of surface that we went through <laughs> we'll get we'll get as on our next interview we'll go even way deeper <laughs> that sounds good Well, that about wraps up our show. Don't forget, Amanda Shires is playing here at Songbirds on Saturday, September 24th. You can get your tickets online on our website at songbirdsfoundation.org. Yeah, we'll see you next time.
Make Music Happen is a production of the Songbirds Guitar and Pop Culture Museum. We are produced by Charlie Moss and Reed Caldwell. This episode was written by Charlie Moss and John Dewey. The edit, sound design, and master was done by John Dewey. Our logo and show artist is show art is by Mars Michael. Special thanks to Amanda Shires, Victoria Sauer, Jan Michael Lewis, and WTC.